Hi, my name is Pastor Danny Deeth, and welcome to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. Today we are celebrating God's gift of the Holy Spirit. It is Pentecost Sunday, and so we are glad that you're here. Come on in. Our first lesson is from Romans 8:22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Acts 2 begins the giving of the Spirit, the day of Pentecost that we are celebrating. This is Luke's account, as he was the author of Luke and Acts, we believe of the giving of the Spirit in grand and miraculous fashion. Listen again with fresh ears, Acts 2, 1 and following. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each." Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. 
But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now nothing's impossible, I've found, when my chin is on the ground. I pick myself up, dust myself off, and start all over again. Don't lose your confidence if you slip. Be grateful for a pleasant trip. Pick yourself up, dust off, start over again. Work like a soul inspired until the battle of the day is won. You may be sick and tired, but you'll be a man, my son. Will you remember the famous men who have to fall and rise again? So take a deep breath, pick yourself up, and start all over again. Sing that last one with me. Take a deep breath, pick yourself up, and start all over again. Ready? So take a deep breath, pick yourself up, and start all over again. One more. Take a deep breath, pick yourself up, and start all over again. Well done, friends. This is Pentecost. Little did Frank Sinatra know in 1962, when he covered that song, of a song from 1936, when it originally debuted, that he was talking about Pentecost. And by the way, the Spirit made that sound much better in my office before I came down. There's a reason I'm not Frank Sinatra. But today we are celebrating, as Vicki said to the children, the gift of the Holy Spirit with us. And the Holy Spirit often is so differently interpreted, we're not quite sure what it means, we're not quite sure we're comfortable with it. And so I hope that today we can come to a place of openness and joy and receptivity to be renewed by God's loving gift of the Holy Spirit. So as I mentioned before the reading, Luke and Acts, we believe, were one volume, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel writer, we believe, wrote Acts as well. And so at the very end of Luke, Jesus ascends after having been with the disciples for some 40-ish days to make sure that they knew that he had been raised from the dead, that he was indeed alive in some bodily form because he ate and drank with them, made that a priority so they would understand that he had a body after his resurrection. And then right at 
the end, Jesus ascends. And right in the beginning of Acts, the story is retold to set the scene of Jesus saying, you're being ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's in Acts 1. Then Jesus ascends. And here we are landing right on chapter 2, our story of Pentecost. So as many of our Christian celebrations and observances have, it is rooted in our Jewish um, Old Testament friends and their and our history. So for them, this was called the Festival of Weeks because it was roughly seven weeks from Passover. And originally, this Festival of Weeks was a celebration of the harvest, as many celebrations of that time were. But it also took on a new meeting of the celebration of the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So all of that became central in what they called Pentecost. Why the Penta? What does that mean? Well, 50 days from Passover and for us today, Pentecost is roughly 50 days from Easter. For them, it was a growth cycle and again to celebrate the harvest. And liturgically, that means we who observe a tradition in a calendar of um, different seasons in the church and preparing for certain days and events in the life of the church. What began on Ash Wednesday, you remember that? So many moons ago, four months-ish. What started on Ash Wednesday and began Lent into Easter, then Easter tide, which are the Sundays after Easter, end with Pentecost. So literally, it starts with Ash Wednesday and ends with the fire and spirit of today. It is ashes to fire in four significant months where we walk through the preparation for the crucifixion, the resurrection, Holy Week, Easter itself, and now the giving of the Spirit. That is one healthy chunk of good stuff that God has given us all as gifts. And from this point... We then move on and pivot. Next week, we will, we will have what we call Trinity Sunday, and that does spend a little more time on this three-in-one understanding. Um, I will call on you to explain that next week, so just be ready for that. But then after that, we return to what is uninspiredly called ordinary time. Whee! But the understanding is now that we've been through this amazing journey of the last few months that started at Ash Wednesday and ended with the giving of the Spirit at Pentecost, now we shift outward to now respond to all of that, to the resurrection, respond to taking in the gift of the Holy Spirit, to then go and be the representative of Jesus Christ as individuals, as church in this world. The pivot is soon, but today we open ourselves. They were in the room gathered, again, for this feast. However many, we're not real sure, probably double digits. Could be anywhere from 30 to 120-ish in there. It would have been a big room. And the Spirit comes first to the disciples, for they were all gathered in how many places? One. 
They were all gathered in one place, and that was their first receiving of this spirit. Tells us something about the nature of our community of faith and the larger body of Christ. We are not called to Christ as individuals, but as a family. Yes, we have individual relationships and journey with Christ and God and the Holy Spirit, but we are meant to be a part of the family that we have been called to. So they're all together, and the Spirit comes. They hear it like a violent rushing wind, and something like tongues of fire, of flames descended upon them. The language used is like. It doesn't say a wind was there or fire was on their heads. He said something like a rushing wind and something like tongues of fire that came and rested on them because it was mysterious. Mystery is something that we have given up in our age of having so much easy information. We dispel everything if we can't find it and prove it on the internet. And what, what, a, what a loss to all of us because God is a God, both of fact, but also of mystery. And this is one of those times. So the wind came. It must have been frightening or something like a wind filled their space. And tongues of fire, of flame descended upon each of their heads. What must that have looked like? Probably like this. Did it harm them? I don't think so. Did they all come out burned and scorched and bald? I don't think so. It was very much, I think, like the burning bush where God called Moses, saw the fire, but not consumed. Yes, my hair, I think, is what's left is still present. And it descended upon them like tongues of fire. And from there, they're driven out into the street. Little flames, little fire on them. And then everyone else received in the same way. That spirit continued out from that original group. And these tongues of fire, these flames rested upon their heads as well. And then they started hearing their own languages. Now, we get confused and sometimes we confuse this with the Tower of Babel story. Remember in Genesis 11, they were building and they were getting too high and God said, I want their language to be confused so they have a harder time working together to be unfaithful. And so God struck them apart in different places, different languages. Here, it's just the opposite. They're speaking different languages, but for the sole fact that everyone can hear together. Everyone hears. Their confusion isn't about the words. The confusion is, how is this happening? Why are there flames? Why is this wind rushing? Why are we hearing from these Galileans, the backwater, not known as the Harvard of the Middle East city? But these Galileans are here, and they're speaking different languages that we don't think they speak. And so that's when they start saying, how is this happening? How do we hear? 
But it's important to note again that this spirit involvement, this theophany, this appearance of God was to bring people together, not to separate them. So they were there with their fire, their flames. And then at the end of all that, they say, just as we hear sometimes when we seek to try to share our faith or we hear from skeptics in the world, what's going on? What does this mean? And then someone laughs it off and says, ah, they're probably just drunk, stumbling around. How many times have we tried to share our faith in what might feel like a world full of cynics who look at us and think that we are unintelligent, uninformed, foolish, because we dare believe and follow Jesus Christ? Happens often. Wasn't any different here. The difference, the spirit had been, and Peter takes over. Now, remember, we know Peter's spotty record, denying Christ three times at his crucifixion process. Right after Peter tells Jesus in Matthew 16 that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and Jesus says, yes, on you I will build my church. Then the next verse When Jesus starts to tell Peter about how he must suffer, he says, oh no, don't worry, as long as I'm alive, this won't happen. And and Jesus says, what? Get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Peter's had his ups and downs, as we all have and do and will. But now Peter stands strong. Why? Because the gift of the Spirit had transformed him and all the other disciples. Even though they had that time after Jesus rose and spent time with them before he ascended to know that everything he said was real, they were still, they haven't quite figured out what to do with all that. What does this mean? They probably would have said prior to Pentecost to themselves and each other. Or now what do we do? How do we proceed? Then the Spirit descends and everything for them changes. No more is Peter wishy-washy. No more does Peter, is Peter confused about what his goal is, what his mission is, and what he and they are supposed to do. And it is from here, this Pentecost empowers the book of Acts. for those who were there at Pentecost with Christ to go out into the world and start to preach what they saw and experienced. Just as we spoke a few weeks ago about the roles of the Holy Spirit, teacher is one of those. That one, that voice that helps us to understand, that puts things together when we have an aha, faith-filled moment, that is the Spirit doing its job in our lives, hearts, and world. And it was the Spirit that finally, when descended upon them and filled them, they were able to remember all the things that Jesus said that were so perplexing at the time. I do have to die and then be raised again. What? Makes no sense to me. I don't understand. Jesus healed here. Jesus baptized. What? How how did all that bread, water, walking on the... what? What does all that mean? All the things that he taught us Finally, the Spirit brought together in their hearts, lives, and worlds and sent them out on their mission. 
Now, this is also where we see and mark the beginning of the church as the, the, the time and place when after Pentecost, the Spirit given, then they go out and start to be in fellowship with others who saw, experienced, believed, or were called after that point. Acts tells us that some 3,000 people were baptized that day. That begins right there in that place, the church of Jesus Christ on this earth that we have inherited and are a part of to today and moving forward. The symbol of the dove for the Holy Spirit we've talked about when Jesus was baptized and the skies opened and the Spirit descended like a dove and fire the other image. And both dove and fire, other places represented in Scripture, but here today it is through Pentecost. And it is not a bad, scary, destructive fire, but one that empowers, one that calls us, convicts us, equips us, leads us, comforts us, counsels us, and sends us into the world. That's good fire. It's good fire. Sometimes we too get confused with the glossolalia, the understanding that Uh, that we hear from Paul in 1 Corinthians about speaking in tongues. This was not that. That speaking in tongues was a gift some are called to as a spiritual discipline. This was something very different. It was those Galileans being empowered by the Spirit to speak so everyone could understand, to speak so that all those gathered could be unified. And then the Word of Christ taken to all those places that were listed. So take a deep breath, that spirit breath wind that comes from God that we talked about two weeks ago, God blew life into Adam, he breathed God's breath. And Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones, that vision, they were all together reformed, but not alive until God breathed God's breath. So the first thing we have to do is take a deep breath of God's spirit into our lives and hearts. Do that with me. You always had to breathe three times. I don't know why. Second time. Our transformation begins. We have taken a deep breath. Now, We just need to pick ourselves up, right? That's what Frank tells us, Sinatra. But I don't want this misunderstood with just pull yourselves up by your bootstraps and just do better. Whatever those things that are difficult in your life are, just stop doing them and be perfect like Christ was perfect. That doesn't happen that way. We know that. Picking yourself up is fully reliant on God's Spirit being with you. There's a story about a preacher who moved to a town, Middleton, New Jersey. Morristown, it's close. Morristown, New Jersey. She was there to do some writing for a few months and she noticed that there were dogs everywhere in the city. Whenever she would go out, she would walk in there, packs of dogs being uh, um, walked and, and supervised, but why are there so many dogs? She finally asked somebody and realized that there was a special nonprofit agency there that would train seeing eye dogs. 
And these dogs were being trained in the city day to day from puppies to help people who are truly blind to see the world. And in her understanding, these dogs changed the life of their blind partners and recipients of them, their new owners. They provided a way forward when they couldn't see. They were walked, literally walked with them every day to take them where they needed to go, to navigate places they couldn't understand. The dogs also became a friend and a contact, something that was always there, illustrating that word paraclete that we talked about again a couple of weeks ago, para meaning alongside of, walking alongside of, cleat, yes, walking alongside of. And she realized that those seeing eye dogs were just what the Holy Spirit does for us. We are blind as we walk and live through this life. But with the Spirit in the lead, when we trust, and it doesn't work if the blind person doesn't trust the dog. But that dog is there as a friend, as someone who loves the owner, again, who will lead them and take them safely through the life. That is why we celebrate the gift of the Spirit. But we are to be changed and transformed by the Spirit, some small ways and some big. And as I mentioned earlier, the Spirit was given when they were all in one place. Uh, D.L. Moody, a theologian, uh, tells a story of when he sat down with a friend at his house in the winter and his friend said, I can be a Christian all on my own. I don't really need the institutional church. Bunch of hypocrites. Blah, 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 so on and so forth. And Moody reaches o- over with a, an iron, takes out one piece of the fire, one bit of coal that was red and on fire and set it aside from the rest. And he watched it slowly burn out. Didn't say a word. The man says, I get it. Sure, we can have a sense of faith by ourselves. But unless we are with one another, that the Spirit has given us all gifts to use for each other in the world, we we only know what's in our head. If you're in a Bible study, Do you learn more by yourself or with others who say, well, this is how I see it, or tell me how you see it that way, or this is my understanding, or I read and this is what I'm bringing and you're bringing, and we all grow when we are more together and on fire for Christ. Easy to burn out on your own. So we are meant to stay together. So when we say lift ourselves up, it is by letting the Spirit Give us all the gifts that we know that we have already. It's a story about Augustine, Augustine. Augustine, we'll go with Augustine. And after his conversion, he saw a street prostitute whom he had known intimately well for some time. And she said, hey, Augustine. Hey, Augustine. And he didn't respond She says, hey, it's I. And Augustine responds, yes, but it is no longer I. 
Meaning that through his faith, he's not the same person he was before when he knew this particular person. Yes, we are called to change. We're not called to toe the line, status quo, and stay the same. We are called to grow in faith, and that benefits us greatly. So when you pick yourself up, it is a way that we allow the Holy Spirit within us to change and transform us. We've been given everything that we need. And to start all over again, yes, the disciples were a mess from right before Holy Week through the crucifixion, the resurrection, all the way through this Pentecost, they were pretty much a disaster. Couldn't figure out, didn't know what they were supposed to do until the Spirit came and they started all over again. This is our opportunity as individuals and a church to be led by the prompting and the fire of this Holy Spirit to go forth as new and different creatures and creations in the world. We don't want to be that balloon that Walker and Tripp showed the youth last week. Remember on Youth Sunday? They said, this is a balloon. There's nothing in it. It just kind of lies there. But when you fill it with breath with the Holy Spirit, then it dances, it goes where it will, being led by that breath. That is who we are called to be, not that empty balloon, but the full one. So as we go and we celebrate and we give thanks to God on this Pentecost for the gift of God's Spirit, the gift of the Spirit of the risen Christ, know that we are to take a deep breath and welcome that Spirit in. Lift ourselves up by the power of the Holy Spirit and say it with me and start all over again. Hallelujah. Amen.